0: Welcome to Rise to Offend, a podcast that explores people who rose to offend in society and the end result of it. I'm your host, Petra Spych, and this week we continue the story of ECW, Extreme Championship Wrestling. At this point in 1997, founder Paul Heyman successfully got their brand on pay-per-view, and the wrestling promotion has risen as a major player in sports entertainment. However, with the number one and number two major wrestling promotions, the WCW and the WWE still at War for Control on Monday nights, ECW's talent is leaving for money and the major markets. Paul Heyman has to figure out a way to survive or ECW will close its doors.
1: You know what? Tell you the honest guy's truth. Maybe, maybe ECW would still be alive right now because the only reason why it stayed alive, you gotta understand something. Paul Heyman embezzled the company from Todd Gordon. Here's how it went. And that Paul Heyman is a total piece of shit that you can't believe. But Todd was about $775,000 in of his own money spending on ECW. This was right around when the time Eddie Gilbert tried to put the move on Todd's wife. Eddie Gilbert tried to put the move on Todd's wife. Todd's like, fuck you, Eddie Gilbert. I need I need a different booker. Paul Lee sleezed his way in. Business started to boom. Todd's dropping money as we go, because you gotta remember, we're on Sunshine Network, we're on Madison Square Garden Network. They're not paying us. We're paying them to be on TV. We're paying everybody else. That's why you never saw any other commercial. You didn't see a Slim Fast commercial on an ECW show. You saw us selling ECW shirts or something like that. Because we were paying to be on TV. So what Paulie did was Paulie bled Todd out as much as he could. And then Paulie said, listen, I got other investors that are ready to invest in the company, but they don't want you to be part of it. The other investors was his father, which was it which was technically Paul, which was two point two million dollars of his father's money that he dropped into EC he spent his father's whole life savings on ECW before he was he was dead and done, and then we find out that he had a deal done with Vince.
0: And this week uh with me once again, Brandon Guchan. Mm. And Jocelyn Sharp. So ECW, they had their first pay-per-view barely legal in 19, April of nineteen ninety-seven. Now, if you see this pay-per-view, what Paul Heyman did is he didn't force a lot of the blood and, and, and gore on this pay-per-view. It was a lot more wrestling. Now were tables, ladders, and chairs and all that stuff being utilized? A hundred percent, you know. So all that was in there. There was um, a lot of expectations
2: for the first pay-per-view from ECW, and it was one of those things where I personally felt like a lot of people were will believe it when we see it,
0: because ECW was just at that stage where there was a lot of talk about it, you know, and they had a lot to live up to. But as far as uh, the matches go, the only time they brought up barbed wire was kind of in the main event with Terry Funk, Sandman, and uh, Stevie Richards.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, our next
0: The pay-per-view is a success. If the show would have ran three seconds longer, we would have
4: lost the feed. We had it the building couldn't handle all the power that we were pumping out. But when we made it there, it, it was like we won the World Series. Fans were just going nuts, like the home team just finally did it. Everybody back there
5: was so emotional. I, I cried and just kept crying. We all cried
6: we worked so hard to get there
0: and at the same time with the monday night wars going on wwe and wcw are seeing that there is a large fan base that they can sell this market to and they are now mimicking encompassing stealing if you will ecw's attitude and style
7: i say this how i think then but then later on to find that paul was in bed with vince all along that's the heartbreaking part about ECW or the fact that ECW didn't have to go out of business. That is, you know, I had saved the company. I had millions of dollars offered to me, but they just didn't want to have Paul running the show because, as we know, Paul's a little flaky uh, is a nice way to put it. But, um, you know, I found out Paul was in bed with WWE the whole time on WWE Bite This when we were getting ready to do 2005 pay-per-view. And,
0: and so when you moment,
8: find that out, what do you do?
0: I wanted to kill him. What do you think made them decide to go to that ecw uh style well obviously they saw how the fans were
5: reacting and then on top of that too i remember watching wrestling back in those days and there would be out of nowhere for both for both companies wwf wwe at the time Mm -hmm. and wcw Uh, you would hear pockets of people chanting ECW throughout the regular matches. Mm -hmm. So they already knew that that this idea, this extreme championship wrestling, was obviously a huge marketing tool. We pushed the envelope, and that forced the other two companies to push the envelope. Without ECW... Going to the extreme, you never would have seen Steve Austin come in drinking beers and flipping the fingers to the audience. You never would have seen Mick Foley coming in as Mankind and doing the 20-foot Hell in a Cell match. That was a result of ECW. Shawn Michaels is involved with a, a ladder match, you know what I mean, which is one of the greatest matches in WWE history. Undertaker is, you know, chokeslamming people through the ring. I mean, it's like now all of a sudden they're, they're kicking it up a notch. They're, 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 they're basically doing the same wrestling moves, but now they're just adding a table in there. And oh my God, look at him! He looks like he's dead. And they, you know, and they talk it up with ECW though. With WWE, they just knew they—they're like, look, we got to feed these people's bloodlust. They already got an idea of what it's like when you crank it to eleven. And yeah, that's what—that's what we're leaning towards now.
4: I remember the time period of just being crazy. Like, how could these people, like your friends, be doing this? You know. Uh... Raven was the first person who called me, and he was like, you want to come?
6: Raven leaving to me was a creative disappointment as much as a business disappointment because I felt there was just so much more that that character had to offer, and the only place where he could make that offering was at ECW.
0: This would be known as the WWE Attitude Era. And WCW would have a brand called WCW Uncensored. They created a gimmick like Sandman. Stone Cold Steve Austin was a beer drinking kind of redneck character that took no shit from anybody. And that, in essence, was the new face of the brand. What ended up happening is that the old face, the baby face, Shawn Michaels and Stone Cold Steve Austin, they were at a WrestleMania event in, I believe, 1997, and Stone Cold beat Shawn Michaels changing the landscape.
6: Entertainment is a very funny commodity, and as we've discussed before, the, the choke points in entertainment are content. Do you have enough content? Do you have enough personalities to Define produce the content? Define
8: choke point.
6: A choke point is where can the deal go off the rails? Okay. Where, 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 where can this get choked out? Okay. What's your kill zone? Gotcha. If you don't have enough talent, you don't have enough content, you don't have enough to fill that hour of, of a program or two hours or three hours of programming, whatever the case may be, then then, then you don't have content. What are the other two choke points? What are the other two strangleholds? Where where can it go off the rails? If you don't have this, there's no gas to fill the engine. Well, there's two things. One, financing. The other, again, choke point is distribution. Now, I can have $10 million to produce a television show, but if nobody nobody will put it on the air for me, I'm going to lose that $10 million because... I, It won't
0: air. And if it doesn't air, how do I promote my events? How do I promote my pay-per-views? With that complete overtaking and having better talent, what does ECW have to do now to survive? I mean, Heyman already admitted that they didn't quite have the
5: wrestler, the upper echelon wrestlers that WWE and WCW had. Now, all of a sudden, both those companies are taking away the violence. They're taking away the bloodlust. Where else is there to go? Flaming Tables matches was the icing on the cake for the Dudleys everybody really used
9: tables so it's nothing that we started doing or perfected It's just something we were known for one day in detroit we needed to put an icing on the cake in our in our feud with uh balls mahoney and axel rotten and i said well, why don't we just light it on fire we've already thrown thumbtacks on it we've already wrapped it in barbed wire how much crazier how much sicker can we get and that's how flaming tables were invented The wood, the fire, I
10: mean, just went everywhere. And, I mean, the fans went crazy. We were happy that no one seriously got burned or or hurt really bad. But it it was just that you could feel the heat. It was that intense.
3: Well, we can't discount either the landscape of entertainment in this time. I mean, we're starting to go down that, I mean I I don't want to say downhill but we're starting to to fall down that hill where we're starting, the jackasses and the party boys and the party culture is getting glorified Mm. so everything is more, everything's bigger we're, everything across the board in entertainment is going to a place we have never seen before people are trying to push every single limit and now these guys have pushed the limit to a place where everyone has to meet they have to meet because it's the only thing that people are going to expect when they're changing the channels now seeing things that are that extreme now they know they can get wrestling that's this extreme from ecw they're going to expect it from these guys
11: yeah i didn't know you couldn't get ether anywhere but i found out bowling um bowling ball cleaner used to have ether in it and it's at that that time it did Uh, they don't do it anymore but so it had a little bit of ether in it and i'm like man this is gonna go everyone's like no no one's gonna buy it i go they'll buy it when they smell it but i didn't tell anybody that part because i just wanted to watch the boys so i fucking Put the fucking ether into the snot rag. I fucking gas him with it. I almost, I knock him out. Hey, he's half knocked out because it's a shoot. There's yeah. enough ether in there,
5: and he's fucking And I got him gassed by it, and he's half knocked out. They carry him off. That's a good point because I do remember the jackass era, and now we're still in that with yes. YouTube. You know, like you still have kids out there intentionally hurting themselves because of this, and then and then ECW. Obviously, they inspired a whole bunch of other people to do backyard wrestling,
0: and you know, but now. Their, all their heat's been taken. and There's nowhere else to go. Even in the landscape of, like, uh, advertising, Pepsi Max, everything was now being advertised extreme. as extreme yeah. and extreme. And this was something that was a generation was like, wow, this is extreme. This is intense. This is also the rise, of, if you guys don't remember, of energy drinks. Mm-hmm. Things like that. It's like, whoa, Monster, will boom, Rockstar. You know, all these things were happening to be, like, a more intense life. life, And that's what they were selling is that, like, dude, live every moment, and then people would, would be very extreme. But that was being sold, marketed. With all that, ECW started something, and now they're kind of in limbo.
12: We did take some of the ECW uh, aspects of what they were doing and sort of reshaped it in our own form. Um, but I never considered them a threat. It was a totally different brand. It was it was not what we were about.
6: Attitude grew from ECW's revolution. No doubt. Nobody can deny that. I do
12: believe there's some truth to that. When I started in WWE as Mankind, uh, uh, there were two things I used to hear when I came out. One was, You Sold Out. Uh, That was coming from ECW fans. And ECW chants, whenever anything wild was taking place, it was always seen as being a tribute or a ripoff of ECW. And as our style in WWE got more physical, those chants stopped. And that physical style became synonymous with WWE, not ECW. But I think had it not been for ECW, you wouldn't have had a WWE
0: attitude. Major talent they have at this point that WCW and WWE can't compete with is a wrestler by the name of Rob Van Dam.
2: I was, so when I look back a couple of years, I'm like, you know, I look back to certain times of my age and I'm like, dude, why does anyone hang around with me then? I was a dick. When I was in ECW, it was very competitive. It was that part of my career where I was trying to get noticed and get ahead, you know, by everybody. And uh, I didn't particularly, you know, like these guys or these guys or whatever. And I felt like if the fans liked them, then
0: these fans are crazy. You know, the fans are like me, they're the smart ones, you know, and that is kind of how I felt. Rob Van Dam is a a very special wrestler, like a Stone Cold Steve Austin. Rob Van Dam was someone they could market, sell, and his matches are something people would want to see. The importance of him still staying with this company, what would you say? He was their marquee guy. Because when you watch Sabu... He was doing insane
5: things, but it wasn't straight up athletic. I mean,
2: let's say I meet somebody and they have no idea what I do, and they're like, "You, you guy, your size, you can do a flip." I don't see that happening. If I wanted to show somebody an exhibition of my skills, I would pop in probably an RVD Jerry Lynn match because
5: the matches were so tight. Van Dam used to do this move where he would like basically climb on top rope, do the splits. Like the splits and then backflip onto someone else. I mean, the 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 array of aerial arsenal that this guy had was unlike anything anybody has ever seen before. And when that is your only guy, you got to do whatever you can to hold on to him.
6: We would have certainly drawn them more than three million dollars in the year two thousand and one, based on the brand name of ECW. Had they given us our money, we would have retained Rob Van Dam.
3: He's beloved, beloved. Like people like that have something special. There's some and that's not, you don't find those people. You can train, you can train, you can teach people but you can't. You have to have that special magic ingredient to still years later have people want to to meet you and see you and be around you right. and listen to you and, and talk to you. Like he has something special and magical about him. If they didn't have him they ha- they don't have, all they have is violence. You know
2: what, I'll try and explain it like this I, can't, I knew I had to like, come up with a hardcore move when I came in so I decided I was going to spin kick a chair into a guy's face so I had no idea I was going to get over some- Huge, uh, boom, it's the bandana made left and wrong. I'm thinking, how can i am top that? i jump off the top rope, wham, kick the chair into the guy's face, right? How am I gonna top that? I'd crotch the guy on the top rope, I'd come out of the other corner, wham. Fonzie would hold the chair over his face, smash him while he's on the rope, he'd fall in. How do I top that? The bandana made I would clear the entire ring, kick the chair into the guy's face. There's always a way to top. What you've done and what's being done by anybody else, if you don't set limits on this.
0: His final moves were with an uh, ECW were with chairs. Yeah. So he did a Van Dammerator where he would throw a chair in somebody's hand, do a back kick with the chair in their face. A Van Terminator where he would jump from one corner of the the ring all the way to the other diagonal corner of the ring, diagonally with the chair in someone's face. So he would still have that hardcore vibe, but he he wasn't uh, it wasn't violence for violence's sake. Yeah, like like New Jack and a lot of the other guys. The one thing that uh. That Van Dam was really amazing at. Like when you bring up Sabu, Sabu and Van Dam were trained by the same person, okay? They were both trained by the Sheik. And now, Sabu would jump, say, off the top rope and land, and he didn't care where his legs landed. He would hit a guardrail, he would do whatever, he would just land and then deal with the consequences. That's
2: Sabu. Like, like, if he doesn't moonsault on you, he doesn't care if he lands perfect or if he half-hits the guardrail. I mean, that's just part of him and part of me when I'm with him. And-
0: Rob Van Dam had a finesse of jumping off that top rope and knowing exactly where he was going to land, what he was going to hit. He had this timing that made it look like I said, almost like a dance move.
3: Much more marketable. Yes. I mean, it's hard to market the things that guys like New Jack are saying, but this is like something he he's the bridge, you know, he's the bridge in between mainstream and what's coming, and he's the best at it as far as that's concerned. Old
7: school ECW, I'll tell you one quick one right before I'm running a show. Paul Heyman is not there. No Rhino, no Little Guido, no Bill Alfonso, no Sandman, no Raven. Where the hell are these guys? Nobody's calling me. it's I'm switching the card on the fly. Rhino comes in. He's a tense man. He turns around. He's bawling his eyes out. I can't fucking drive with these guys anymore. He goes, These motherfuckers, blah, blah, blah. Sandman's dead. He were friggin'. I'm so sorry I we're late. And I said, whoa, 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 what do you mean Sandman died? he goes, Sandman died. We... And now I've just been told that my friend is dead. And I'm like, back up. And he's crying. He's flipping over tables. I'm like, what do you mean Sandman died? He goes, well, we brought him back to life. And I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. So they're in the car. And <laughs> yeah. no, Sandman, laugh, okay, Sandman okay. overdoses on Nubane. Oh, in the car, dies. They stopped over at a rest stop. Oh. He shoots himself up. He gets in the car. And they say, Sam turn turning purple. By the grace of God, they see a H sign on the side of the hospital. Instead of immediately rushing to take a man who's dead in your car to the hospital, they pull over the side of the road, and they get Bill Alfonso out, and they hand him all the drugs because they feel. And Fonzie just tells him, I'll walk to the hospital, Daddy, or come pick me up at the end of the exit because yeah. if a guy dies, then there's going to be an investigation, whatever. Right. So they dropped – they pulled up to the emergency room, threw Sandman to the floor, and said, so we found this guy, and we think he's dying, and dropped him off at the hospital. And then – so at that point, we didn't know if Samman was alive or dead. And I have to run the show. And then Samman calls me, and he shows up Ivy goes, ah, oh, they stuck a in right in my heart like Pulp Fiction. I'm ready to go. <laughs> so Samman died on his way to a show in Milwaukee, Adrenaline needle to his heart and God came back and wrestled man. that night. And but again, your friend dies in the car. What's the first thing we do? Pull over, let's get rid of the drug.
0: And during the WWE attitude area around this ninety-six, seven, ninety eight, WWE was finding younger talents. And they were really focusing on that microphone talent. Guys like Mick Foley, guys like Stone Cold Steve Austin, guys like The Rock, guys like Hunter Hearst Helmsley, they were all they're all very good on the microphone. They would sell so well that you almost wanted to hear what they had to say and their wrestling match. That's something that ECW lacked in. Rob Van Dam did have a character, and he played it well, but it was very nonchalant, the bravado-ness of it all. So his his microphone abilities were not really something that that sold well. It was his wrestling abilities.
2: People get positive energy uh, off of watching me do a flip off the top rope to the uh, floor. Cool. If they... If they're inspired by hearing me stand up and talk about um, how marijuana prohibition has to end, then that's cool, you know? And if they don't appreciate me, that's cool, too. I mean, you know, everyone's got a right for their own opinion. And here's the thing. Everyone has their own set of values. So it never makes any sense to look at someone else and wonder why they don't have your values. Why do you drive that car? Dude, why do you listen to that? Why do you hang out with him? Why do you wear those shoes? They're not trying to be you, motherfucker. And that's, that's really the rule that I've always lived by. I'm a nonconformist, one of a kind. And
0: so ECW had him. And then they, they would find uh, other wrestlers that could match him in the ring, like Jerry Lynn. And they would have these epic 35 minute matches, 40 minute matches. They, they would get in a pinfall in ECW was never easy. The other factions was very easy. Finishing move, pinfall. Finishing move didn't equal pinfall in ECW. It was always going longer, always going faster and the athletes would really, really grind it out to make it look like, hey, I finally beat him.
4: Some of those matches took years off my life. We knew we had something special between us, a good, special chemistry, and
8: uh,
4: he's one of the most gifted athletes in the business, and every time we tried to just top ourselves and pull out something that people hadn't seen in wrestling before.
11: Jerry Lidd was a traditional worker who was able to adapt his traditional wrestling style and become
0: hardcore Um, something the other factions weren't doing now the monday night wars are still in full swings in 1997 1998 between the two the two factions the only difference is that wcw was relying on the old talent the hogans kevin nash scott hall guys like that and wwe was like we we're gonna stick to the younger guys and bring a new breed in there by doing that, WCW was slowly losing this battle, and they were running out of ideas.
11: Everything that they did that was original was already stolen. And so, and really since then, there hasn't been a whole lot of original stuff since, because coming up with original stuff is hard, you know? So, you know, it wasn't, a, it wasn't that unique a product anymore.
0: ECW, they were still doing pay-per-views, still, still doing the business that they were doing, but once again, they were overpaying their athletes to keep them there. They were paying people like the Sandman up to $175,000 a year.
4: Bischoff and Vince would every once in a while try pulling a talent raid. Paulie had no choice but to uh, lock guys in under a contract with some decent money. But, you know, the money wasn't there that we needed.
1: Maybe at, one, maybe at one point, technically, we're all being overpaid because you got guy. I was I was making like 175000 a year. I know Van Dam was making that, Sabu was making that, Shane was making that, Raven was making that, you know what I mean? So we were making, we were making just, you know, there was four or five guys that, that were making close to a
0: million. And they couldn't maintain those checks for their five, six, seven main guys that were making close to $200,000 in 1998. This was a big struggle for them. So the only way ECW was going to survive and Paul Heyman was going to stop bouncing checks was that they had to get on a network TV slot they had to get a network behind them
6: it was the next holy grail after pay-per-view it was the next logical step it was, it was a necessary step we would not have survived without it we would not have survived 1999 without getting on national TV because we would not have gotten a video game we would not have gotten a t-shirt distribution, we would not have gotten DVD distribution, we would not have gotten anything And we only got these things, these licenses and these outside deals because we were going to get on national TV.
1: This is ECW on TNA.
0: With something like this, guys, what compromises do you think you would have to make to get on a network channel? In 1999... In, 19, in 2000
3: A massive amount uh, You would have to compromise the integrity of the entire thing that made ECW what ECW was Everything was limited to the point that it could be limited And you have these guys saying these crazy things to each other cutting each other open, throwing each other around. The violence is at a level that no show on TV, including like cop dramas, are even reaching. And they now are going to be in a primetime slot on a network where people have to understand that the demographic goes as deep as eight years old.
12: My thought, congratulations, I thought this is going to be good. I I thought maybe Paul Heyman finally, you know, was, was going to be a player and maybe a major player. I was in favor of that. I called him up and congratulated him, as I recall, and then said, Paul, but you realize you have to change because you are now you know, not attempting to draw a minority portion of the audience, as you have been in the past. You cold a, a small segment, a high-risk segment of the audience that enjoys what it is you do. That's fine, but now you're on a national platform. You have to broaden out, and you have to appeal to the masses now.
5: We didn't change it. We didn't change the product for anyone. I don't, I mean, it's different. It's definitely like when you write a movie and then you have 17 producers going, Oh, no, take that out, take that out, take that out. Now, all of a sudden, all the good parts that you thought were great now are no good anymore, and now you have to come to the table with a bunch of hack ideas. With ECW, there was so much they couldn't show, and namely the audience. The audience was the ones that were chanting "Holy shit, holy shit," and then they would you know f you or whatever i mean they would i remember when w w e started doing that it was like, "Oh my God uh, oh you know and they would, they would they would they, you'd see an eight year old saying shit along with his uh, toothless dad cheering him on it was it was uh, that's something that ECW brought to the table, but how do you get that? How do you control your rabid fans?
0: Initially, we thought TNN was gonna like be like our savior, like at least I did because I was like, okay, it's it's national
8: television.
11: You know, I think the the TNN deal, um, you know, probably wasn't as good as it could have been. They they probably um, you know didn't didn't make as good a deal as they could have. But again, they were desperate to get to get a TV spot, and they took what they could get. I thought it was this was gonna be it. It was gonna be great. We were taking the next step until I got to the first taping. and I knew we were done. They had to raise their production value so that they would present a show that they could air on you know, a network. It wasn't good. It didn't come off as a good show. The building was half empty. The building was too light. It did, you know, it, we didn't have enough black curtain. It wasn't, didn't look good.
13: Compared to the Monday Night Wars, it looked horrible. It Just didn't look
11: good. That grittiness did not translate well to a national audience. So instead, he put together like the best of ECW which the network crapped on. I saw the facts that came in from them.
0: Another thing that ECW, um, anybody that's seen any of the pay-per-views or the events, they're not put together well. They're not professional. They're very, they have a two-camera setup. They're they gritty. Use, they use, they're very gritty. They use the same setup all the way through the years. They never put money into things like pyro or, or stage presence, You know things like that. It would look like a shack. And so it was an untouchable, almost brand. It was hard for them to even get on pay-per-view, as we mentioned last episode, and now they need to get on network TV. Um, And there has to be a lot of compromise in order to do that. One thing Paul Heyman was not into was compromising because he thinks he owes it to these fans that made ECW, that rode in to get him to the pay-per-view, that that pretty much kept it going. He he felt a true loyalty to them in every in every sense, and by doing that, he was very scared of change. I feel that Pauline tried to do everything by himself, and when it grows from the mom and pop to the subway, you can't let it run like
1: a mom and pop's deli anymore. You gotta step up and uh, give other people some jobs and other things to do and take some of the pressure off of you. That man was doing everything. He was writing, he was editing in the studio, he was sleeping two hours a night, and sooner or later, it catches up to you. And, and you know at the time then, the right people didn't know what to do because he never really gave anybody else too many different jobs.
6: We, I know we would always get on Paul Lee for that. You need help, you need to start trusting somebody, you need to do something because it's it, it's too big for one man to hold. Paul Lee was just, uh, Paul Lee was Paul Lee. He was like a rebel without a cause, you know, in my opinion. National TV was the next step for us. It was the next necessary step in,
9: in terms of survival. It was very frustrating working with a guy who lived so close to the edge that you constantly had to pull him back in so he wouldn't commit suicide on a, you know, on a business level.
5: I understand that because bucking the establishment is what made ECW what it was. And But at this time, though, he's got to understand that the people that have more money than him, the WCWs and the WWEs, they're now all of a sudden doing what they're doing so they're starting to meet the demand of the violence that ECW is offering but ECW they're stuck in a situation where okay when before I could go harder now I have to now I have to like scale it back now I have to scale it back to what these guys are doing me
7: uh, two other people that were running the business of ECW where we're sitting there and we're waiting for Paul to talk about here's here's a loan of 110 million dollars and the night before, he was supposed to fax something. He never faxes. Finally, that morning at about 10 a.m., he faxes a list of receivables, not what, the comp- what they wanted, and he no-showed the meeting. And he let me look like such a fucking asshole in front of these people that are wanting to save this is my life. This is my livelihood. You right. my. You gotta understand, these are my friends' livelihoods. My hardest part about the wrestling business is, I guess, from the, the premise, it's based upon deception, when it doesn't have to be that way.
5: If I were Paul Heyman, that would be a terrible decision to have to make because it's like, here's your baby. This is what has gotten you success. This is what got you to where you are at right now. But now you have to change it and you have to meet the demand of society. you have to meet the, you have to meet the demand of the masses and going against what the masses were telling you what they wanted is what got them
0: there in the first place. If your checks were bouncing to your athletes though well, you know I had 10 checks bounced, but he made good on all 10 checks um, and he paid my bounce fees. So that you know I, I have no problem with that. Um, it got to a point later where the checks just,
10: didn't
5: come
0: would you meet those
5: demands that's what i'm getting at when your checks are bouncing to the athletes you have to look at yourself and go okay there's a there's a moment where you have to take a step back you can't let your ego run your show and that's what he was doing
3: because it's not about the show for him. It's about the. It's everything's about the fans. The fans. The fans. The fans did this for us. I owe this to the fans. I, well, what about what do you owe to the performers? Like right. you owe nothing to them. Like they are without them, those fans wouldn't even exist. But it's them. He wants to compromise the integrity of of creating success for these people that have worked hard to get them here because the fans uh, want what they want that doesn't make sense to me i mean it just is all ego to me it sounds like it's all about him
5: and that's one thing too when you are doing a performance art and wrestling is definitely a performance art and especially when you're running a company like ecw the idea of meeting in the middle with someone else especially the people that you have been raging against it's got to be a bitter pill to swallow
0: there was no promotion for our company
11: well they were at that first show would you the first show and what did they see? A half-empty building in Toledo, Ohio, where we had a production truck sitting outside, a full production truck that we refused to use. And we did a two-camera shoot. You know what? And I'll say this bluntly and he can read-if you're not good enough to script the show ahead of time like a pay-per-view, the way it's gonna air on television, but just taping a bunch of matches in haphazard order and then cutting them together to make hours of TV, the business wasn't doing that anymore. So we weren't ready to take that step.
0: Another thing with the style of the grittiness, the, the, the cheap uh, production value that this show really was on pay-per-view and all that stuff, he knew that an audience could go to a, a, someone that mimicked his style in a cheap fashion because they accepted the cheap version of ECW. And that's another thing that was also coming into, you had the Attitude Era, which was huge for WWE, when you started to have the, the, the Stone Cold Steve Austin's, The Rock, all these household names for people even today, you know, 20 years later, um, you had a lot of people that were out there to mimic ECW. And by mimic ECW with less money and less talent, what, what part of ECW do you think they're going to mimic? The violence.
3: Yeah, I mean, but what else is there to mimic? You can't right. mimic anything else. Yeah. You, you, they're already doing most of the other things. I mean, I wouldn't say better. I would just say they have, like you said, finesse is the best word. Mm-hmm. They finesse things a lot better. So they're going to go straight for the violence. and But they also can't meet that violence. So they're, comprom- they're trying to do diet violence, which <laughs> doesn't work. Right. And on top of that, too, there's other companies
5: coming up. Beneath them that are nipping at ECW's heels. So it's like you have these lower level wrestling companies that are nipping at ECW's heels that are basically following their blueprint, not getting amazing wrestlers, not getting these upper echelon wrestlers that ECW has been trying to get for so long. And now they're just going with the guys that could take a chair shot.
0: And now and now those guys have options. There's three wrestling leagues that kind of pop up between 1998 and 1999. There's Combat Zone Wrestling. There was something known that was known as backyard wrestling, um, Juggalo Wrestling. So they started their company in 1999. And then the most similar was something called XPW.
10: I'm going to start doing something that ain't going to even remember to finish. We gonna, I'm just going to do something. He said, What? I said, Follow me on this. So I started diving. Every chance I get, I dive. Then it became Are you going to die? We need you to die. And once I knew it was a need, then it became a handicap. Then I ain't want to do it no more. Then they start making a deal with me. Well, we'll pay you to do it. <laughs> what you gonna dive off now? I ain't diving off shit. Then like, they get mad about it. Why? How you take your ass up there and dive off? Of it? That's 30 feet. That hurt. And when it's time to go, Vic says, Jack, I can't do it. I was Vic, we're on pay-per-view, pay-per-view let's go. He's like I can't do it, Jack, I- I'm scared. It's-, it's too high. And we are having this conversation 20 feet above the floor. I said, Vic, on three. One, two, three, and I pulled him, he pulled back. I pulled him down on top of me, and I hit that first table, and he did his flip, and he caught up with me. And his back ended up against my head, and it slammed my head against the floor, and it cracked my skull, and I had brain fluid coming out of my nose and my ears. New Jack and Vic Grimes fell 25
6: feet. They aren't stuntmen. You know, on concrete, it should have killed them. And what would happen if they would have died? They'd have moved them over and kept going. know, to me, two guys almost die, that's a big deal, and it's not a big deal to the fan because they're so MTV-minded. They're gonna say, what's next? Unless you slow things down to let them understand the gravity of what they just saw. I got nerve damage
10: in my red eye. And I can't see out of my red eye right now. And I would never be able to see out of my red eye again in my life. And I have short term, my memory is about two or three days old. And I get headaches. And sometimes my eyes get like bloodshot like they are now. For no reason. Then I go three or four days and I don't sleep. Hey, but that's part of New Jack being New Jack.
0: XPW um, hired matches with guys like New Jack. You know, they had a lot of the ECW guys that were willing to cut themselves up. They would hire them. On the side, and if, if Paul Heyman bounced a check to his guys, guess what? Now they had options in all these other leagues. They were headliners. A guy like New Jack was a headliner in XPW. Um, a little bit on New Jack going back during his time in ECW, as we mentioned on last episode, he would go to the highest part of a building and fall down. There was a, a match between him and a guy named Vic Grimes, for example, and they had a, a table on the ground. They were about 25 feet in the air. They jump off. Uh, Vic pulls new jack so new jack flips over him and then they miss the table new jack head hits the concrete and grimes who's about 300 pounds lands on top of new jack's head new jack has brain damage uh he had brain fluids coming through his nose at the time lost most of his sight in his right eye so this happened at an ecw event
10: that's why i tell some people bro i said when i lay down and die i'll probably be fucking happy Because I ain't got to suffer through this bullshit no more And I ain't ever asked no pity party for nobody I ain't asked no sympathy from nobody But I done told my body up so goddamn bad For these fucking fans It's like when I ain't got to feel this shit no more I'll be glad And that night It changed me It took a lot out of me And I don't play games with myself I ain't been the same since that night Vic didn't hurt me, I hurt me But I allowed that cocksuck to be a part of it and when I was able to see when I came back, the first thing I did was walk in Buffalo, New York and smack Vic right in his fucking eye. And I was ready to fight him. And I couldn't even hardly see him. Because he was telling people at one point, yeah, you saw me hurt New Jack. No, you didn't hurt me, Vic. I hurt me.
0: New Jack is now just more violent because he doesn't even have all his motor skills. So he goes to an XPW event now, which is, like I said, direct competition for ECW. And they do the grudge match between New Jack and Vic Grimes there. So what they end up doing is they're 40 feet in the air. They have about 12 tables set up in the ring. New Jack brings a stun gun, stuns Vic Grimes, and then throws him off 40 feet uh, into this
10: ring. And then with the XP, and I threw there like a 40 foot scaffold. <laughs> I had a stun gun with 350 volts in it. And we 40 feet up in the air. And I took it and I shot him in his fucking neck about four or five times, eight. And then I threw him. And he said, Drake, I can't feel my legs. I said, don't worry about your legs. Vic, I got you. But he had stacked 12 tables up in the ring. He touched one.
1: Shotgun. Tingle the
2: stone gun. That is not right. 3 should not be using that weapon. Oh, no, 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 please, no. want
13: to thank you all for coming
4: we
11: need to keep the secure. Going to need medical
8: attention
11: please
0: let's clear the building he misses the tables he hits about one of them bounces off the ropes and New Jack's later saying that he wanted to kill the guy he wanted to aim for the post you know things like that so now there is a, a with that match alone ECW second tier in the violence now
10: I threw Vic over the table. I was trying to throw. Him. I wanted him to land on a post, the turnbuckle post. I was hoping that he landed head first on top of that pole. But they had moved the They, they had moved the scaffold back about another five feet before when they were building the, the scaffold over the ring. And I threw him as hard as I could, and he hit the rope and bounced back in the ring. I wanted him If I wanted him to die, I ain't got no love for Vic.
0: He's a fucking idiot. Just because of all these mimic, mimic things. So now, not only are they losing their violence crowd as the origi- originator of that, now they have other companies that are going even farther with their guys on the violence side, and they're losing the wrestling crowd. But even the people that are lower than ECW that are going for the, going for the violence,
5: it's almost like ECW showed them, here's, here's the ceiling. Yeah, You can only get this high. If you are not going to use like real wrestlers, you can only get this high. Yeah, and ECW is stuck in the situation where it's like they're hitting their head on the ceiling because they want to break through, but they also have to, you know, meet them halfway. They also have to do the right kind of violence. They also have to do the right kind of speaking on the on the microphone. They also have to have the talented wrestlers, but.
0: They can't go, they can't go that new jack route anymore. They just can't. No, because they can't get if, if if that match happened on ECW, Network TV would have ran away from them. So at this point, there's an ECW video game on PlayStation. You know, the ECW pay-per-views are all doing well, but once again, he he he's over promising the wrestlers to stay because of the Monday Night Wars. Checks are bouncing. So he has to compromise in order to get on Network TV. He gets a deal with TNN, the Nashville Network.
2: I was very excited when ECW got its television deal with TNN because up till that time we had such limited exposure. We had the pay-per-views and we had some syndicated television that not everybody got or if they did get it, it was 3 in the morning sometimes, you know, or it would be on sometimes, sometimes it wouldn't be on and and so a lot of people had to work really hard to try to find us on TV and even the fans that go so far as to trade videotapes you know, because they wanted to watch us I thought that, boom, we're on TNN, you know, uh, now it's gonna be awesome. We said we're gonna do pay per view, we did it. We said we're gonna have action figures, we did it. Uh, We even had an ECW magazine, and now we're gonna be on every Friday night, you know, and our, our fan base is gonna grow huge. That's what we need. We'll have
0: all the support, and everything's gonna take off. At this point, he's unwilling to compromise with them. So they don't promote them. They get the deal in order. Paul's like, this is the answer to all our problems. Yada, yada, yada. But without compromise, obviously. And the National Network, for people to know, TNN, it's not around anymore. It was like the Country Music Channel. It was like, a, I think, CMT is what what is today. So it was very much geared towards that audience, you know, where wrestling was popular with that audience. But Paul wouldn't even change to a three-camera system. He would still have the two cameras. He would still have that gritty... It was very professional
5: look it was very punk rock yeah
0: you know like listening on it, it, on on a, a channel that was not
5: right
6: we found out that we're going on TNN and we lost our heavyweight
5: champion and our tag team champions in a matter of two weeks uh WWE came in and took a bunch of guys they took Taz and the Dudleys and you know so we're having all of our top guys were were bailing uh it was demoralizing
12: I think it definitely uh, was damaging to ECW because Taz was their man you know And they built Taz up to be this, you know, this sawed-off monster, you know, and a suplex king and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I enjoyed Taz's work. Paul Heyman and I never had a
5: contract. We had a handshake agreement. He loved the fact that it was underground. He
3: embraced the fact that it's underground. But when it's underground, again, you're going to keep hitting your head on the ceiling. That's the thing, though, is that if you want to graduate, you have to graduate. And if you're trying to graduate from shacks to network, you have to graduate. You have to be willing to lose the people that only loved you because you were in a shack. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's the, the long and the short of it. He wasn't thinking as a smart businessman. He was thinking with his ego because it's, if you were really thinking as a smart businessman, you would go, well, these people aren't paying the fucking bills right now. So if I graduate to this network, it's going to be a lot different. And I'm actually going to be able to pay the bills. We could actually expand and evolve and become, take what was amazing about ECW and evolve it into something better.
9: We never thought that we eventually one day were going to jump to WWE, but we had to start thinking about it. And when we got the phone call, we sat down with Paulie and said, listen, they called. Now we'd like to hear from you. Paulie told, told us, I can't compete with them and I can't compete with their money. We said, we're not asking you to. Do something to keep us here. Make us understand that you appreciate the fact that we put our bodies on the line for you. Paulie f- thought that he could not compete with them. And that's the day I think I truly learned that ECW was the minor league and the breeding ground
4: for WWE. Paul had instilled in everyone and in myself, you want to leave, goodbye. The Dudleys asked for $1 raise before they came to WWE. The Dudleys did not want to come here. They asked for $1 more, and Paul said absolutely not. And he said, I can't compete with WCW. I can't compete with WWE financially. People stay here because they want to stay here.
5: And on top of that, too, when... ECW would have evolved well by this time like guys like the Sandman where it was basically the guy would just come out with a kendo stick and the music would be playing throughout the arena and then he would smash a beer can on his head well you already saw Stone Cold Steve Austin come out with an, with, an, with, an, with an original entrance music, mm-hmm. with the glass breaking. He goes out there, slams a couple of beers, you know, throws the middle finger up in the air. By this time, they've already seen it now. How many people saw Stone Cold Steve Austin first, and then they saw The Sandman, which came after, I mean, on TV, mm-hmm. when they finally saw him on TNN, and they're like, wait a minute, this is Stone Cold. This guy's ripping off Stone Cold. When, And actually, it was the exact opposite.
7: A lot of us were drinking the Kool-Aid. Right. We knew that this was a great... If you think about what ECW was, ECW was a developmental for the business. Uh, guys would practice their craft, get over, and they would go other places. That's what ECW truly was. That's what ECW should have been. We all thought we were rebels. We all thought we were changing the business, because then here comes the Attitude Era. You know, a lot of times when guys... You know here, you know, Sandman drinks beer. Oh look, Steve Austin's. There. They're stealing our shit. We did have that mentality.
5: When you are ECW and you are trying to come come from the shack to the major networks, you're going to lose not just fans. You're going to lose a lot of the wrestlers because a lot of those wrestlers, let's face it, they didn't deserve to be on there. They were just taking headshots. They weren't athletes. They weren't doing the, the necessary stuff that pro wrestlers do.
7: WCW, WWE are, are competing. Uh... They had their own niche. Paul went with right. violence right. to get people to to you know watch us, and, and we became the like the South Park the tape traders. Hey, wrestling is fake, but these guys in Philadelphia are real. Yes, when you know you saw that that the Taipei death matches or all the tables or this scarred up freak named Sabu, but we were different. What a lot of people don't realize was most of us could actually wrestle, except for the Sandman. He was the shits. He'll be the first to ever tell you, yeah. but he was tough. Right. And he was like the bruiser or the crusher. People believed right. in him. And,
0: and that transition of trying to keep the punk rock fans and branch into a, a new audience, Paul Heyman didn't know how to guide that. TNN, because Paul Heyman took their notes and pretty much wiped his ass with it and said, I'm not doing any of this stuff. I'm just going to keep it on the two camera. I'm going to keep gritty and grimy. Keenan didn't put commercials out there. They didn't invest money into this program. We were paying them. You know what I mean? That's where all the, all the company's money was going. They weren't paying us to be
13: on that, that program. The Dudleys were the tag champs. Taz was the world champion. They were gone within the first month of the company being on national TV.
1: It was bigger exposure, but at that point, I knew the ship was sinking anyway. You know, it, was, it, was a, it was a matter of time.
4: We basically were guinea pigs to see how wrestling would do on their network, and we ended up being their number one show. And they turn around and offer Vince 110 million to come on instead of us, and dumped us.
0: Even though they, the ratings were good because ECW's cult following was still there, they weren't getting the support they need. So instead of actually coming to terms with something, Paul Heyman decided to create a character, a villain on the show on TNN, on the actual network that is having them on, called Cyrus. And Cyrus would be the network, and he would come out there, and anytime things would get too violent too sexy anything like that he would come out there and stop it and people would boo it and in essence he was pretty much saying the network is ruining our programming live on their tv i created a character
6: called cyrus who was the representative of the network and who enforced all the censorship and was the lead heel for ecw because the network wanted things done a certain way The network wanted a certain champion. The network wanted a certain look. And it was very true to life. The network is not very happy. We walked in thinking this was the answer to all of our problems.
5: And it became the albatross that dragged us down underwater. So He's mocking
0: the very people that he's been trying to get in with forever. He's mocking this specific thing. And and for him to, let's just take this example for a for him to even take this brand, ECW, to a different network, this is what they're going to look at,
5: correct? It definitely hurts your chances, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's like, okay, so TNN gives this guy a shot, then he's going to go ahead and create a character that's basically giving the middle finger to TNN. Like, what's he going to do when he's
0: on USA? What's he going to do when he's on TNT or any of these other networks? These networks are going to look at him and be like, no, it didn't yeah, work for sorry. TNN, right? yeah So he's not looking at it that way. He still thinks if he puts the middle fingers up at this point, it's just going to work out because it worked out in the past so many times, right?
13: You serve a lot of masters when you're a national television platform. You know, one of the masters, the the ultimate master is the audience. You've got to make the audience happy. But at the same time, you've got to make advertisers happy. You've got to make sure that the network that you're associated with has a comfort level with your content. And then, of course, you have all the fringe groups out there that are trying to convince, you know, the world that... uh, they should be able to tell you what you watch on television. So you've got to balance all of that. Paul's content uh, didn't take that into consideration. It was too narrow. It appealed to a very small, hardcore audience, and advertisers didn't want to have anything to do with it. Therefore, a network didn't really want to support it much. Pay-per-view companies didn't feel really comfortable with the type of content because You know, there was some backlash attached to it. So you couldn't serve that hardcore master and build a mainstream audience at the same time. Just couldn't do it. It was destined to be a small, closely held, regional, in many ways, promotion.
0: But, like Jocelyn was saying, you have to garner new fans. People grow out of wrestling. You know, people grow out of certain things, you know, and to, to, to have that... ECW chant in that Philadelphia arena just motivating every moment and in you being a slave to that what's the dangers of that
3: you become one-sided if you can't see broad picture I mean it happens a lot to all entertainers especially people that are creating the content that they're presenting is you can become very you can pigeonhole yourself we've all become victim to it myself included where we're like this is the type of performer I am this is the type of thing that I do and when you do that and you don't Pan out and look at the broad picture You lose sight of the fact that well maybe This is who you are right now maybe That's who you were at this moment But there is the possibility that evolution Creates something new creates something better And that if you are having this Conversation with yourself of well I'm just going to Keep doing what I'm doing well probably it's time To change because if you're thinking I'm just going to keep doing What I'm doing it's because you have outside pressure telling You that this isn't going to work and you're going Well it is going to work because it's worked before well just Because it's worked before doesn't mean it's going to work Again
0: another fact is that it didn't work on national tv before it didn't work like it, it worked on pay-per-view it did get him a video game you know it did get him certain things but it did not work on national tv before so for him to absolutely disregard this and and put a lot of blame at the network instead of playing ball i'd like to take this moment to thank you for watching ecw You have to be an ECW fan to watch this
6: show, because God knows the network has never put out one freaking commercial or one press release to let you know that we're here. But that's their scheme of things. You see, in just a few weeks, the network is going to give $100 million to Vince McMahon like he needs it to replace us. In case they haven't thrown us off before then. And the fact of the matter is, we're not a publicly funded company like Vince McMahon or WCW. We survive or even thrive on your support. And for that, we thank you. Now, in an industry where everybody wants to be real, everybody wants to do a shoot, this, my friends, is a shoot. We hate this stinking network. We hate their guts for abandoning us. We hate their guts for not supporting us. We hate their guts for not advertising us. And we hate their guts for not having the balls to throw us off the air. And just in case you're watching this, hey, network, I dare you to throw me off the air. Because I'm going to break every rule that you put in front of me until you throw me the hell off the air. Now this, my friends, is a shoot. You better take that $100 million that you're going to give Vince McMahon, and you better spend it
0: on attorneys, because I promise you, network, the war has just begun. That is going to gonna is gonna crush his company. So TNN is not working out. Ratings-wise, they're doing okay, especially with no backing from this network. This network obviously is looking past them because they don't like the cheap wrestling on their, on their program. They don't like it because they feel like they're a legitimate network, and they are. And the, what about the blood? How, how bloody is it getting at this point? It, everything's been toned down because of the Cyrus character. Right, So things like the blood, like I said, things like the the, the the sexiness, things like that. Like there would be scenes where girls would take their tops off in the old ECW arena. That stuff's all out the window now. The, the crowd chanting the word, it wasn't live. It was all on delay now. They wouldn't trust them to do a live show. So this was being edited and then put on there. This wasn't live on TNN where Monday Night Raw is live. You know, WCW Nitro was live. It's like live from this. They didn't trust them. They even did best of shows early on and TNN because he kept fighting with the network and they didn't have products to put out. So eventually Paul Heyman actually on air on TNN blasts the station because he heard that they were talking to WWE to bring them on TNN because what the product TNN wanted was professional was this, they wanted to sell something like that. And ECW was refusing to do that. And with Paul Heyman knowing this, knowing he couldn't pay his wrestlers, knowing he was bouncing checks for years, even though they were selling out everywhere they went, merchandise out the door, he still decided to cut a promo attacking TNN, speaking directly to his um, fans. You know,
6: By the time we got past 1999, the crew was so depleted, I had to rely on profanity and violence because that's the crew I had left because anybody else that had something to offer the more mainstream WWE or WCW was going to go for the millions of dollars and I don't blame them for it. Had we gotten enough distribution, we would have stayed in business and redefined the company. The fact that we couldn't get distribution makes me the schmuck, the bad businessman that everybody points to, to this day. Even though if you consider this, even though we were owed $2.8 million, the total debt of the company was $7 million. Four of which was my family's investment in the business. And then again, if we had gotten that 2.8, that could have carried us for years. Still, the company went down $7 million in the hole. And that was the end. We were bankrupt.
0: Was he trying to sabotage this on purpose because of the debt for this company?
5: That's a good question because we've already talked about Paul Heyman already being on the WWE payroll. So who knows what was going on behind the scenes who knows if Vince McMahon and him were talking and then they actually had a plan in place where, look, you're going to intentionally bankrupt the company. I'm going to absorb it. And then WWE will now start putting on ECW matches.
3: Not I would 100 percent bet on that because then Heyman goes, well, I get to cash out a check for me. I get a good payday at the end of that.
5: And
12: it's easy for me to say this, too, you know, because I wasn't Paul Heyman in the trenches with my talent at the same time thinking. You know, hey, look, this got us this far with us against the world, and why should I change now? And I can understand why Paul didn't change. It's just that once you have a a national platform, you know, then you have to appeal to a national audience. You no longer can appeal to just one small segment of it. I think that was the downfall, you know, of ECW, but that's my
4: own personal view as a businessman. We still went to the shows, and everyone still worked there. Tails off, and he would tell you, if you don't want to work tonight, I can't pay you. If you want to work, go ahead, maybe I could pay you from what we made tonight and a lot of people owed a lot of money and paul would say you're gonna get it you're gonna get it because we were we were so close it, it was it was heartbreaking how close we were
5: there is something about this guy where i do think he he wants to take care of these wrestlers that have bled for him there's something it's like i know it sounds crazy but it's like I know he doesn't like the idea of his name being thrown around, and he can't pay his guys. I know that has to drive him crazy. Over
1: the years, has your personal opinion of Paul Heyman changed? No, he's a lying son of a bitch. You can't trust a word that he says.
3: I disagree, because if it did drive him crazy, he would have done things differently. He had had multiple chances to turn it around and make it so it was lucrative for everyone involved, and he only ever did actions that would make it lucrative for him. You're
5: right, and... I'll give you credit on that. The one thing about the rise and fall of ECW that I've noticed is that it all, de- it all depends on Paul Heyman's ego and his inability to compromise, and that's been shown time and time again.
9: The downfall of ECW was probably two things. The violence did have a lot to do with it. It was an ultra-violent company that I think had, a, uh, it had its niche. People wanted to see it, but I don't think ECW would have ever to the to the masses because it was too violent. Probably the other thing that killed ECW was the fact that, like I said before, Paulie wasn't the best businessman beyond the wrestling ring. Mismanagement is probably
7: the best word I could give it. He was a great promoter, a great wrestling booker, and a terrible businessman. I really believe that.
0: In a way, though, with the TNN deal and him not conforming, he's trying not to sell out in terms while selling out to Vince McMahon without people knowing. That's where it gets really confusing for a lot of people and fans. It's like he, he seems to be, the notes that TNN is saying, hey, you can grow this way, um, seem to be very, with, with, with wrestlers like Jerry Lynn, with wrestlers like Rob Van Dam, with wrestlers like, um, you know, uh, Super Crazy, like the Lucha League, he has wrestlers in this locker room right now that can totally do amazing matches. However, he decides to still not do that.
3: This further bolsters my point that this is all ego and selfishness Mm -hmm. because he is willing to sell out for himself But he's not willing to sell out for the betterment of his team
6: ECW died because we couldn't get on another network in time
3: It's that simple
6: We had no network and no money We're out of business Had ECW landed on another network in time Then everybody in this room right now would either be working here Or would be working for me It would be a whole different industry if we got another network, we would have been usually successful, or at least had the opportunity to be usually successful. We definitely would have survived. But we didn't get on another network. And without another network, there's no business. And so it died. It's that simple. We died because we couldn't get another network in time. Bottom line. And anybody that's, that thinks anything different
5: is dead wrong or doesn't know what they're talking You're about. You're totally right. My thing is is part of the reason why I think he sold out to Vince McMahon is because Vince McMahon said, look, you can still, you can come over here to WWE. We're still going to market ECW, your baby. We're still going to market it. Like it's the craziest, like it's the most punk rock thing in the world. And we're, WWE is still going to be like, oh, well, these guys are nuts. You know, like they're not going to be like scared of w- ECW, but at the same time, it's like you saw some of the older wrestlers go, uh, I ain't doing that shit. You know, meanwhile, the ECW guy's like, oh, we did it. And we're doper than you. We're crazier than you. We're more extreme than you. So they still have that moniker. They still he still he's selling out, but he still gets to stay extreme.
0: I don't know if it was the following Monday, but it, it was it was relatively close. Nine o'clock, my phone rang. And it was Tommy, and he said, "I just want to let you know, Paulie's going to be on Raw tonight." And my heart dropped, and I was just like, "What?" Because you know we were still being told we were having a pay per view in March, and he had you know, signed his deal with Vince, and we were never told. And so at this point, guys, the TNN uh, TV deal was in 2000. It lasts only one year. The whole, everybody at ECW keeps doing the live shows, keeps doing the house shows, sells them out every time. You know, merch sells out, all this stuff. But at the end of the thing, Heyman's like, look, I can't pay. Checks are bouncing still. So everybody sees that this is a sinking ship at this point. Vince McMahon, as you were saying, behind the scenes, he has Paul Heyman on the payroll. WCW now is failing miserably because the era has catapulted the WWE with new talent, new athletes. So at this point, Vince McMahon in 2001 officially wins the Monday Night Wars by buying out WCW. And ECW goes bankrupt also in 2001. So there was this big bubble of all this money getting thrown at athletes to try to save company to company. WWE wins by monopolizing and taking out WCW, buying them out, and then ECW going bankrupt.
6: The the wrestling business at that that stage became almost like the the dot-com industry and that it was an inflated bubble that had a burst. And the pay scale just went off the chart.
0: And he still has Paul Heyman on his payroll. So in 2001... ECW officially closes its doors. And so we
6: had to work out a, a deal as
2: if I was coming in as an outsider. I got to have—I told him I had to have cash up front, which I didn't get, even though he agreed to. But it was like a separate—it was like a separate cash, cash. I know you meant cash, cash, but anyway, it ended up being um, something where I got paid—you um, know—much more than I was getting mm-hmm. paid before just to come in for that last pay per view. and Then that was—I was done. I
3: think that you go—you go backwards through history, and you can find these things. You can find this pop of greatness that happens in. in Evolution of all things entertainment wise and and, and Other things throughout the world and right Before that pop of greatness that thing that Popped there's always something else something That tried it first somebody that tried It first and didn't quite get it right And ECW was the I Think in my my opinion the The catalyst the amoeba And the primordial soup that created this New life of wrestling which was to push the limit to this point, to see those things. This was all coming from that ECW lifestyle.
5: We always bring up on this show how that the innovators never get the credit. You know, and ECW was definitely the innovators. When
0: you're first, you don't get the credit. Exactly.
5: When you're the first, you you, you know, when when you're first and then the people with the money, like the WWEs and the WCWs, when the people with the money see see the innovators, they're like, oh, we could do that. We could do that, and on top of that, we could repackage it in a much more acceptable way, and that's what they did.
8: I had an opportunity to go into the WWE at this time. They sent me a contract, and sent me a very good contract, and uh, I had a choice, and I had to make a choice between the two companies because I know at my age my time, again, is that I can't perform two shows that close together. Did I want to go for the man that... that uh, d- did a lot to destroy the company? Did I want to uh, go for the fellow that uh, made millions of dollars with the rise and fall of ECW that had nothing to do with it? Do I want to go for the man that uh, is going to have an ECW show that uh, could give a damn about ECW? Do I want to go to a show that uh, he's going to have fans that are simulating ecw fans no i wanted to go to an ecw show i talked to it about my wife uh, with my wife and she says honey at your age 60 years old you ought to be looking at the bucks and you better be up there at the vince mcmahon show and i said honey i said i i said honey i can't do it i want to go back to the guys that i love and uh, the guys that i uh have been down the road with and uh and that's why i'm not a millionaire because I've done the things that uh, I've wanted to do instead of the things that I probably should have done.
0: I want to thank and welcome my permanent co-hosts, Brandon Gouchon and Jocelyn Sharp, for joining me this week. Follow Brandon Gouchon at Instagram and Twitter, at your buddy Gooch and Jocelyn Sharp. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Jocelyn Sharp. And make sure you subscribe and listen to us every Monday on the Metal Sucks podcast on metalsucks.net. Support ECW by going through their archives at WWE.com. Find out for yourself what the promotion was about, and keep in mind, it is not for the squeamish. Please subscribe, rate, and review this show on iTunes. All the five star reviews truly mean the world to us. Send emails and any figure you would like us to cover on this program, rise to offend at gmail.com. And make sure to follow us at rise to offend on Facebook and Twitter. On Instagram, rise to offend official. And I want to thank once again all you repeat offenders for all the kind words, all the emails. Thank you guys so much. I cannot tell you how much we truly appreciate it over here. And until next week, repeat offenders rto podcast signing off